Turn with me to two openings this evening, please, to Proverbs, the third chapter, and 1 Samuel, the second chapter. Proverbs 3, 1 Samuel 2. In Proverbs, the third chapter, we're going to begin to get into our part of this equation. Do you want to know? Proverbs, the third chapter, our part of the equation. How many understand it's not just all up to God, whether we're saved or not? It's not just all up to God whether we're healed or not. It's not all up to God whether we prosper or not. And so when we find out that He's a good God, He's declared Himself to be our provider and our source. He's a God of abundance. He wants us blessed. We need to get to finding out what's our part to make sure that there's nothing hindering Him from doing what He wants to do. In Proverbs, the third chapter, you know it, many of you, but let's look at it. And you do understand, it's not what you know that sets you free. It's what you know and what you practice. It's what you do. It's not the hearer only, but it's the doer. Amen. You read that whole passage in John. He talked about uh, keeping his word and being his disciples. And within this context, you'd know the truth. And it would make or set you free. In Proverbs 3, verse 9, principle number one of prosperity, honor the Lord. We could just stop right there and I'm saying, that's the principle. Amen. What is the number one principle of prosperity? What's the first and foremost thing for you to focus on to make sure I am doing to keep up my part of this? Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with what? You know, he, he had to put that in because you got so many people that hyper-spiritualize things. And they try to make that mean all kind of things. But he says, with your stuff. Amen. Your substance. And with the first fruits of all your increase. How much of it? All of it. Honoring God with your substance. Hallelujah. Now, we, uh, in our modern society, honor, just the word, denotes something a little different. I should say only part of what the word honor means when you read the scriptures, Old Testament and New. When we think of honoring somebody, most of the time we think of accolades, we think of titles, we think of having somebody stand up and bragging on them, and that is a part of it. But in the scriptures, honoring somebody is inseparable from doing things for them materially. Are you with me? Now, if, you, this is, if this is not familiar to you, I challenge you. Study the scriptures. Get it. Do, do word studies on honor and, and dignity and, and these kind of things. You'll find again and again and again and again when it talked about honoring kings or honoring people, they brought them gifts. And honoring the Lord, they offered numerous sacrifices. They gave and they gave. Honor, honor, honor meant give, give, give. Natural, material. We're going to look at it in some detail. 
But he said, honor the Lord, how? With your substance. Now, uh, now I want you to just relax before I go very far. We're not going to make a big pull for Brother Keith tonight. I'm not going to present a big project. Did you hear me? I'm not working you up for anything. If you gave me not a dime, I'd leave happy. Amen. Because God would make it up somewhere else. He's done it. We're, we're living it. I'm growing in the knowledge that God is my source. That means you're not. Amen. That means the churches I go to are not my source. The, my partners are not my source. If I have a need, that's why I don't have to jump on the computer and write a quick letter. And, and make sure people know about it so that, so that my need can get met. I don't have to do that. Did you hear me? The scripture said, let your requests be made known unto your partners. Unto the pastors. No. I've had people write me letters and tell me things that they needed and quote that and say, well, like the scripture said, let your request be made known. They just stopped right there. I mean, not just one letter. I've got more than one letter that, that actually used that but stopped right there. No, it didn't say let your request be no, made known to Brother Keith. Let your request be made known unto God. And it's freedom. I said it's freedom. No pressure on you. No pressure on me. Hallelujah. Look into God. Listen to this. Don't forget it. Faith puts no pressure on people. None. No, you might say, well, I sure believe that. I don't like these preachers getting up and pressuring people and making big pulls for money. Uh, I didn't just say preachers. This is for everybody. It's just as wrong for you to go put pressure on your employer to give you a raise. It's just as wrong for you to put pressure on your husband or wife. They're not your source either. Is that right? It's just as wrong. It's exactly the same thing. And you just watch this. When you get upset about somebody doing something and it really irks you and bothers you really bad, you're guilty of the same thing. Watch it. Romans 2 said, you that judge are guilty of the same thing. Hmm? Because when you have overcome in an area and you do have it together to some degree, some degree, you're compassionate. You're understanding. You might not agree with it. You might, not, you might know it's not right, but you've been through it before. And you know if it wasn't by the grace and mercy of God, you wouldn't have made it through. You'd have fallen on your face. You'd have done the same thing. But it's the people who hadn't done it and are not doing it that are the judges. And that's another good message. But it's, it's, it's all true. It's all scripture. Principle number one for prosperity. Honor God. Hallelujah. Matthew 6.33, do you know it? What does it say? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. If you're seeking his things first. That means your things are not first. And this is one of the biggest challenges you will have. This is one of the biggest obstacles between you and the full prosperity of God. It is your own selfishness. 
Money you spend on yourself, you cannot give away. Right? Money you gave away, you cannot spend on yourself. You can't spend the same money twice. Right? So it comes down to choices. Hmm? I'm going to go ahead and get what I want and do what I want now and believe God for lots of money to give to Him later. Doesn't work. You violated the first principle of prosperity. You've honored yourself above Him. You've put yourself before Him. But... If the church needs new carpet and your house needs new carpet and you go, I'm going to honor the Lord and I'm going to wait on my carpet. And I'm going to put in this money and I'm going to make sure that the church or the mission or the ministers or whoever, whatever the things of God have what they need first. Hallelujah. You're honoring God. You're putting Him first. And I want you to know it is an absolute spiritual law. In fact, you take care of God's things and He will take care of yours. He's faithful. Honoring God. Everybody say, honoring God. Now go with me please to 1 Samuel where you're holding your place. Hallelujah. Everybody glad about truth? Truth makes you free. Delivers you. Ends your confusion. First Samuel, the second chapter. And the seventh verse. Let's just begin reading. I'm going to read a few verses to you. Is that okay? Yeah. Are you in a big rush tonight? No. I hope not. I understand we're not supposed just to come to church and go through the motions of things. We're supposed to come and get something accomplished. Something that's supposed to be done. Amen. And so uh, we don't want to just come and hear something and go, boy, that was nice. No. What can we put into practice when we leave this place tonight? What's go- what are we going to do differently? What are-, are we going to change anything? Are we going to increase something, decrease something, stop something, start something? If we do nothing, then we're not doers of the word. And there'll be no improvement in our lives. Everybody say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. 1 Samuel 2, verse 7. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. Now, some people grab that scripture like they do, like the scripture says in the New Testament, like they did with the revelation of Paul. They wrestle with some things they don't understand to their own destruction and detriment. You've got to ask the question, who gets what here, right? People try to leave the impression, well, God just indiscriminately, some folk, he decides to make poor, and some people, he decides to make rich, and you just don't know who it might be. Maybe you'll be one of the lucky ones. We don't believe in luck. We believe in God. And all you've got to do is remember scriptures like Proverbs, what is it, 13, 22, that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Ecclesiastes talks about that he gives to the sinner travail so that he heaps up riches so that he can give to him that's good before the Lord. So who's going to be made poor? The sinner. Are you with me? Because the wealth is going to come into the hands of those that will pity the poor. Verse 8. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the beggar from the dunghill and sets him among princes. Glory. 
And he makes them inherit the throne of glory for the pillars of the earth of the Lord's. He set the world upon them. Now skip down to verse 12. This tells us a story that is so important. The sons of Eli were sons of Belial, sons of the devil. They didn't know the Lord. Do you know that faith and the honor of God is not automatically transferred by osmosis? You can grow up in the home of a man and woman of God and not get it. You can be and serve under the ministry and in the church of people who genuinely know God and are anointed and just not get it. You can't ride on somebody else's faith in knowing God. You've got to know Him for yourself. And it's a sad thing that sometimes people that are around some of the great things of God and have been around them all their life, they appreciate them the least. They take them for granted. They fail to honor them. These boys grew up around the temple and around the things of God. And they, they got to the place where they despised the things of God. The priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came, and while the flesh was in seething with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand, he struck it into the pan, kettle, cauldron, or pot, and all the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. Verse 15, before they burnt the fat, the priest's servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, give flesh to roast for the priest, he'll not have sodden flesh, but raw. This was contrary to the way God told him to do it. He told him to burn the fat first. So they're going against the word of God. If any man said to him, let him not fail to burn the fat presently, then take as much as your soul desires. He said, no, but I give it to me now or I'll take it from you by force. Now this is what the ministers were doing with the people of God's offering. Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Now did you get that? People became to the point where they despised giving to the Lord because of the ministry. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit, but you'll see this. We're going to talk about this truth in the scripture. The scripture says, like people, like priests. And the way the ministry and the leaders, the way they deal with the offerings is the way the people are going to see it. Or the way they deal with all the things of God. And many have come to despise certain things because of how leaders have misused and mishandled. But it doesn't do away with honoring God. Skip on down. Verse 22. Eli was very old. And he heard all that his sons did uh, unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. They're having sexual relations with the women that came into the church. He said, why do you do such things? I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, it's no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge will judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who will entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not to the voice of their father because the Lord would slay them. Now, I want you to know one thing. Eli was weak in dealing with his sons. Yeah, he reproved them, but it was weak. I mean, he should have laid it on the line. When, it, when some of these things first begin to happen, I don't care if it is your own flesh and blood. Tell them the truth. If they repent, then you say, if I hear of this one more time, you're out. 
You wouldn't put your own. You're out. Hear my words. You'll be out. And if they did, he should have threw them out on their ear. They said, well, we ain't got a job. Well, he said, I told you. I said, that's hard. Let me tell you what's hard. Losing both your boys in one day. Dead. In the prime of life. Because they wouldn't listen to God. That's hard. So, it says, verse 26, The child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and men. And there came a man of God to Eli, and he said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I plainly appear to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer on my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? Did I give to the house of your father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? How many understand the offerings of God are holy? They're to be treated with respect, aren't they? Dignity. He said, verse 29, Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at my offering, which I've commanded in my habitation, and you honor your sons above me, and you make yourself fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed, that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Did you hear this great truth? Those that make light of and despise. Now, now, we have to renew our mind to this word despise. When we think despise in our modern vernacular, we think, oh, you detest something. You're disgusted with it. But there's a much broader meaning in the, in the Bible. In the Bible, despise means you fail to see the importance of a thing. If you just walk by it and treat it like it's not there, you despised it. Did you hear that? So a failure to honor what God says is important to him is despising a thing. A a perfect example of this is Esau. Remember? Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of pottage. Remember that? And the Bible's New Testament says he despised it. How did he just... He didn't say, oh, this cursed birthright, I can't stand it. No, he just said, what is it? What good is it to me? I'm about to starve to death. Give me some soup. Hmm? And he did not respect it. He did not esteem it. And so the scripture says he despised it. This is very important that we understand this. This, to, To God, despising is simply a failure to value. A failure to respect. A failure to esteem what he esteems. So we need constant mind renewal to see what God says is important. And treat his things with honor and with dignity. Now the very word honor, if you look it up, is just what it means. It means to value something. The the literal words in the Hebrew are heavy and weighty. And this is used, you know, when they bought something, they didn't just pull out cash in those days. They had a, a scale. You know, a balance with the chains and the pans on it. And what they'd do, you'd put an item there, and then you'd have to weigh out so much silver or gold to balance that thing out. If they said, well, it's worth this much, you weighed it. If something was really costly, then it, it was heavy. You had to load that thing with a lot of gold and silver to buy it. And so in esteeming the things of God, you value them greatly or lightly. You esteem it important or you pay no attention to it. 
But what did the Lord say concerning prosperity? He's talking about offerings. He's talking about material things here. He said, you've despised my offerings. You've made light of them. You've caused the people not to esteem them and appreciate them. And I want you to understand, those that honor me, how? With your substance, with your offerings, with your stuff. What did he say? I will honor. Hallelujah. So... You know, when we're talking about we, we want to be blessed, we want God to prosper us and increase us, He wants you to be rich, just absolutely rich. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Though He was rich, yet He became poor. For our sakes, that we might be made what? Rich. It's the will of God. But do you understand, when God is blessing you, He's filling up your accounts. He's put you in a nice place. You're able to write big checks to the church. You're riding in fancy cars and wearing good clothes. He is honoring you. Isn't He? He's honoring you. I mean, understand, it's more honorable. I mean, you feel better. You're riding in better dignity in a new Lexus than you are, you know, on a push scooter. There's more dignity in that. But in order for God to honor you, what has to happen first? And if you're going to continue to be increased in bliss, you're going to have to continue to honor Him. Said out loud, them that honor me, I will honor, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Them that honor me, the Lord says, I will honor now, as the Lord had helped me, I want to give you three specific things and ways of honoring God. Once you know something, let's get to the how-to. How do we, in the year 2000, right here where we live right now, how do I honor God? First of all, it's a thing of the heart and the mind. It's a thing of your insides, of your words. It's not just something you do on the outside. You could do something outwardly and your heart not be right and it not be acceptable to God. You honor God, firstly, by honoring and giving to and taking care of His works, His church, His missions, His ministries, His things. I mean, you know, this, uh, this church is under the leadership of your pastors. But I understand this is the Lord's church. Right? I mean, it's his, is it His church? It's His church. We have a ministry, More Life Ministries. We're, we lead it, but it's not my ministry. It's His ministry. I'm, I'm a laborer together with Him to get a job done, to reach people with the Word, to get people saved, to get Christians built up. It's His business. I remind myself of that often. Amen? I never let myself just get hung out... I need this. No, fine. He needs it. Amen. He needs it. Don't ever let yourself just get stuck with the responsibility of a thing. Because it's His church. It's His ministry. And the, the first way that you honor God is by honoring and taking care of His works. Now go with me to Malachi, please. The uh, first chapter. Malachi chapter 1. Malachi 1.6 says, A son honors his father, and a servant, you might say, honors his master. And God is talking here, If then I be a father, is he a father? Yes. 
He said, where is my honor? Boy, this is a question that needs to be asked today. We live in a, how shall I say it, honorless society. I mean, we live in a world today where children don't honor parents. Wives don't honor husbands. Husbands don't honor wives. Christians don't honor their pastors. Uh, People in general don't honor God like they should. Everything's base and crude. But God never intended. God has not changed. He's calling us back to this. Amen. To learn what true honor of Him means. And you will see that it is inseparable. There's no such thing as somebody having a great honor for God and His things and never giving anything. Cannot be. You see, as we read this, you'll see he talks specifically about money, 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 offerings, offerings. Whatever is the most important thing to you is what you're going to finance. Whether that's your hobby or the church. Hmm? It's not too hard to find out what your priorities are. Go get out your checkbook. Look at your registers over the last few months and years. Make yourself draw some pie charts. See how much of the pie is going where. And you will get a revelation that no matter what has come out of your mouth, you'll get a revelation of what your true priorities are. Hmm? He goes on to say, where is my honor? If I be a master, where is my fear and reverence, says the Lord of hosts, to you, O priests, that despise my name? And when they heard that, they said, when have we despised your name? See, it's what we were talking about a minute ago. People, people would say today, if you say, well, you've been despising the things of God, they'd say, I have not. I would never despise God. What does it mean to despise the things of God? Fail to see their importance. Fail to appreciate them. Fail to esteem them. And in God's words, which he's right, you've despised them. They were shocked. They said, what do you mean? We despised your name. He said, verse 7, you offer polluted bread on my altar. And yet you say, where have we polluted you? In that you say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. What they were saying is don't bother to bring the good stuff. Because it's just, you know, you're going to give it away anyway. He went on to say, and you offer the blind for a sacrifice. Is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to your governor. Will he be pleased with you? I've known of numerous times where people had a load of stuff they're taking to the garbage and in route decide, have an idea, hmm, I could take this to the pastor. This has happened too many times to talk about. If you loaded up something and you're on your way to the garbage pile, keep driving. (laughs) Mm -mm -mm. He said, offer it to your governor. See if he likes it. 
Verse 9. And he's quoting them now. He said, and you say, you know, they offered this blind and, and sick and lame stuff. They bring in the junk. They bring in the stuff they don't want. And offering it to God. And then they say, God, be gracious to us. <laughs> he says, this has been your means. Will he regard your person, says the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for nothing? And neither do you kindle a fire on my altar for nothing. What does that mean? Everybody wanted to be paid. Hmm? They're not interested in volunteering. Well, is that a paid position? How much, how much am I going to get? Well, you're a hireling. And unworthy of the position. He said, any one of you that even open the door unless you pay them. They won't build a fire unless you write them a check. He said, I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering of your hand. He said, you're offering it, but I ain't accepting it. Do you know that God does not accept all offerings? And neither should we. As ministers, we have, we have refused a number of offerings. Some of them were substantial. Because it wasn't right. Sometimes people trying to buy something. Sometimes people trying to influence you one way or another. I kid you not, I, I won't call any names or anything, but I've had people dangle checks in front of me. You know, not, not, maybe not just say it, but if you, if you decide to go this way, we're prepared to, to give, give, you know, a $50,000 offering. And I needed it. But I'm telling you, if God is your source, you don't have to resort to anything. Hmm? We've sent things back that people sent in. I've ministered to people and God healed them. And right in the middle of it, they get so excited, they're wanting to write me a big check. I said, no, 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 no. You can't do that. Why? God healed you. Right? I understand you cannot buy blessings from God. All the money in the world could never buy forgiveness from one sin or healing from one thing. We were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. It took the precious blood of the Lamb and it's already bought and paid for. So you can't buy anything. Don't try. But you can honor God. I said you can honor God with your substance. But there must not be the least bit of trying to buy. And I'm afraid that there are a number of people confused today about these things. Well, if I'll give a big enough offering, then God will decide to heal me. Hmm? There's some of this mentality around. It cannot be a connection. I said it cannot be. There was only one price that could ever buy it. And it's already been paid. Can you say Amen. amen. He goes on to say, I will not accept this offering at your hand. For from the rising of the sun, even to the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles and in every place. Incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering. Everybody say pure offering. 
pure offering. What would a pure offering be? It's going to be an offering from a right heart. An offering in faith and out of love. An offering with honor. And doing the best you can. Not giving the junk. Amen. But giving you first. Wherever you're at. It's not the amount. It's your heart and it's where you're at. The Bible says it's accepted not according to what a man does not have, but according to what a person does have. Remember Jesus standing by one day watching the offerings the scripture said? And a number of people that were very wealthy came and put in large offerings, but the widow came along. Threw in two mites, which are just nothing, you know. Be like a couple of pennies today or less. And Jesus looked up and he said, she has put in more than all the rest of them. Why? God doesn't look at amounts, but He does look at percentages. Hmm? He does. Why? She gave, He said, all her living. She gave everything she had. You can't give more than 100%. Right? So she outgave every rich dude in that church that day in the eyes of God. Does God watch these things like this? Does, does God? He was watching the offering. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still watching offerings. Hmm? Remember Cornelius, the Bible said his prayers and his alms, his gifts, his offerings came up before God. And God said, we got to do something for this man. Is that right? I mean, send apostles and men of God to his house. If you honor God, tell me what's going to happen. God's going to honor you. You remember the woman. That the, the prophet of God kept coming through their town. And she said, you know, this is a real man of God. We've got to do something for this man. She had some money. She talked to her husband about it. They built an addition onto the house. Didn't they? Bought the man some furniture. Made him a real comfortable place. Cooked meals for him. Is that right? And he must have been a pretty good cook. He kept coming back. Put him a place where he could get in there and get quiet and pray and wait on God and, and hear from God. Did it pay off? Yes. Now, now stop right here. What is honoring something? It's seeing the value of it. You people will not support a church. People will not support a ministry properly till they see the value of it. Till they begin to see it through God's eyes. So this is where the revelation is necessary. I'm sure that a lot of other people saw the man of God come through town. But she saw the value of this man of God. She saw he was a real man of God, real call, real anointing. This was precious to her. She made it a priority. They took care of the man. And after a while, do you remember, the Spirit of God moved on this man. Had, him, had his servant call her in there and says, you've done all his stuff for us. What do you want? When God is moved to come and say, what do you want? This is serious. What is he wanting to do? He's wanting to honor you. You've honored him. Gave them the desire of their heart, a child. That's priceless. You can't buy a child. Then later on, when the child died, raised it from the dead. Later on, told them a famine was coming to leave so they'd miss it. They did. Missed the whole deal. Came back after it was over. And all their crops had been, you know, people had done stuff with them and came in before the king. And God had the, the servant of the man that got in there telling her story when she walked in the door. And where the man said, that's the woman. 
God moved on the king, gave her all the produce her crops had produced all the time she was gone. They missed the famine, but got all the produce and crops. Prosperity. Honor the Lord, and he will honor you. Hallelujah. Now, skip on to the third chapter of Malachi real quickly. He's still talking about honoring God. He said, verse 3, He shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He'll purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. And they will offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Malachi 3, 4. Then shall the offering of of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Verse 6, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you're going away from my ordinance and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord. And you know, he goes on to talk about tithes and offerings. Is this a way that you honor God? Is it? But it's not just calculating 10% to a penny and writing a check like you're paying a utility bill. Right? Is that honoring God? Doing something begrudgingly? The Lord actually told us not to give if we did it grudgingly or because we felt like we had to. Is that what the scripture said? Do not give grudgingly or out of necessity. Sometimes people look shocked when you tell them that. Are you saying don't give? Yes, absolutely. The Bible says not to give. If that's the way you're giving, don't do it. But if you give joyfully, God loves that. Number one, you honor God by taking care of His church. Taking care of His ministries. Taking care of his missions, his outreaches, honor him by doing that. How many agree with that and think that's right? If I had time, we could go on, but we don't. Secondly, you honor God by honoring your elders. This is something that has not been emphasized like it should have been. And yet the scriptures are just full of this. Honor your elders. Now, when I say elders, there's a twofold application. We have both natural elders and we have spiritual elders. Amen? You've got, you know, uh, elders, mother and father and grandparents and family, elders in the natural, but then you've got the, your father in the faith. Amen. And you got your pastors and your ministers and your elders, ever how that fits. But somebody begat you. I mean, remember Paul telling the saints at Corinth, he said, you may have 10,000 teachers and instructors, but you just got one father. And that was him. Right? And you did not choose your natural father. And you did not choose your spiritual father. God did. And so we are to honor God's choice. Can you say amen? Amen. Remember the scriptures in Deuteronomy and then quote it again in the New Testament in Ephesians 6. Deuteronomy 5.16. Honor your father and mother. 
Remember, this is the commandment of the Lord. If you do so, you'll have a long, prosperous life. The Living Bible says. Ephesians 6, 1, 2 and 3. Honor your father and mother. This is the first of God's commandments that ends with a promise. And this is the promise that if you honor your father and mother, yours will be a long life full of blessing. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? How many believe the scripture? Honor your father and mother that it may be well with you, the King James says. Well, that's prosperity, isn't it? It's going good for you. Your prospects well with you and that you may live long. Prosperity and long life are the blessings of God and they're directly connected with honoring your elders. How do you honor your elders? Well, go to Mark 7. You know, some things don't make you shout when you hear it. But if you'll do it, you'll do a lot of shouting later. Mark 7, are you there? Let's let Jesus tell us how to honor our elders. It's right here in the book. Mark 7 and verse 7. He said, In vain do they worship me, talking about people that honored him with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. They teach for doctrines the commandments of men. They lay aside the commandment of God. You hold the tradition of men as washing pots and cups and other things. Full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. And then he gives them an example of what he's talking about. He said, Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And whoever curses father and mother, let him die the death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, it's Corban... That is a gift. Now what that means is they're saying, my money is dedicated to the temple of God. I'm sorry, but you know, all, all my stuff is dedicated to God, so I'm not able to do for my parents. He said, verse 12, and you suffer him no more to do anything for his father or mother. You've made the word of God of none effect through your tradition. Jesus interprets honoring mother and father as doing things for them materially and financially. Do you see this? Can you see another reason why a lot of people haven't prospered like they should? They just focus on their stuff, their stuff, their stuff, their stuff. Mom and daddy is driving a wore out junk and living in a little piece of a place. And, and they're just perfectly satisfied because they got a good house and a new car. It's not right. I said it's not right. And it's a reason why you should believe God to prosper. Amen. A big reason so that you can do something for your folks. It's not just a good thing to do, it's the Word of God. And it's a requirement if you're going to live long and prosper. Did you hear me? If people really saw this thing, there'd be a lot of new cars bought for parents. And a lot of houses. Amen. I'm telling you. But people don't see that people have lost this. You see people that their, their mother and father sacrificed for them. 
and they went to college and they got a degree and they got a good job and now they got a circle of friends in the upper echelon of society and they have virtually become ashamed and embarrassed about mom and dad because they use poor English and they don't understand some of the higher social circle uh, things and so they're, they're embarrassed. And ashamed, and that's ignorance and pride and ungodly. Because somebody, my friend, carried you nine months. Somebody put up with your crying and spitting on everything. Somebody fed you and and dressed your little self and sent you to school and took care of you. And if you had not got started, you could have gone nowhere. Right? And it is a characteristic of the godly and the honorable that you always remember people who helped you and people who gave to you when you needed it and people that got you started. You never, ever, ever forget it. It is a big key to your prosperity. Can you say amen? I know the Lord put this on our hearts. I mean, as I begin to, you know, years ago, just delve into prosperity because the Lord put it on my heart to find out. He began to deal with me about these things. I began to get it on my heart so strong. And we began to believe God to be able to buy cars for our parents. And one of the first ones we gave to, to, to some of our parents, it wasn't a new car, but it was a good car. Huh? And we, we believed God and got one and got it all fixed up. And they were delighted. And just begin to do things. And a lot of folk ought to be sending their parents something every month. Hmm? Well, they already got some money. That's not the point. We're talking about obeying the Bible here. I don't care if she just goes and blows it all on hats. (laughs) Send it to her. Send it to him. Amen. Honor him. Put them in a new suit. Put them in a new dress. Put a good watch or some good jewelry on them. Put them in a good car. Make them ride in style. Amen. What are you doing? You're honoring them and God takes it personally. They are his representatives. They are. And you should show honor toward the Father God. And honor toward God is your source in showing honor to your natural father and your natural mother. And it's not limited to them. I know the Lord some years ago. I grew up in the deep south. And uh, I was going to school during a lot of, you know, uh, struggles uh, resulting from desegregation. And, and there was a lot of problems and hostility that you all know about. And there was a particular man, a teacher, a black man who was very good to me. And amidst a lot of problems, he handled himself honorably. Didn't get bitter, didn't get bent out of shape. But, I mean, he, there are numerous times he pulled money out of his pocket and, and gave it to me for something to eat when we were out on the road doing some things that were connected with the school. And just uh, a man that prayed, didn't care who knew about it. Amen. And led us, it was, it was a, you know, a class of boys and some things we were doing that he led us in. And I mean, years later, I'm in the ministry. I'm praying one day. The Lord said, look him up and honor him. Amen. Well, I didn't know if he's still alive, but I assumed he was if the Lord said do it. Because he was older years ago. And uh, 
So I did. How many know you can do something if you try? I went back to my home area and started making phone calls and asking people questions. And one led me to another. Another led me to something else. And finally I got a number and I called and he answered the phone. And I said, uh, I told him my name. I said, do you remember me? He said, oh yeah, I remember you. I said, could I come see you? He said, oh yeah, come see me. So I did. They've retired, been retired for years. He and his wife still alive on a little farm they had. And so I went to see him and did not just rush in and rush out. Went in and sat down, talked, ate some of her cookies, drank some Kool-Aid, talked about how the weather had been, talked about the cows that he had, looked at them and Understand what I'm talking about? See, this is part of honoring people. If you honor people, you value what they value. Hmm? You let them say what they want to say and you listen. There's a whole realm of things here to understand. Well, I stayed with him for some length of time. Finally, uh, it, you know, it's time to go. And I guy said, well, I'm going to go now. And they just thanked me for visiting them. And we just were so gracious and, and, and glad. And... and uh, I stopped and paused before I left and I called his name. I said, uh, one of the main reasons I came is I wanted to thank you for being a man of integrity, being a man of honor, setting a good example for us boys, and conducting yourself properly in uncomfortable situations, being a Christian. And I said, I'm in the ministry today, and some of the things that are in me and enable me to do what I'm doing today, you put in me. And you helped me to get here. And I'm thankful. And I appreciate it. And the Lord dealt with me. I had a, and I had a watch on my wrist that was fairly expensive. He dealt with me. Take that off and put it on his arm. So I took it off. And I said, would you please accept this? He started to cry. And I put it, I took his wrist and I put it on there. And, and I fastened it. I said, please take this. And I, I, I hugged him. And I said, thank you. And left. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost came in that place. Holy Ghost came in that room. Honoring. Now, do you understand? This is good and this is right and this is God. But do you understand? I'm telling you, this is a big key to your prosperity. Whether you do this or you don't. And recently the Lord has dealt with me to look up uh, ministers. Several, he's, he's pointed out to me, that were ministers when I was a boy. And I, you know, I don't necessarily agree with all their doctrine, and I'm not saying they did everything right, but they had enough courage to answer the call and to get up in the pulpit. Amen. So that we could have a church, so that there was a place. He said, I want you to find them, track them down, put at least $1,000 in their hand, hug on them, brag on them, honor them. And I'm going to do it. I imagine I'll do it before this year's out. Amen. Why? Because it's right. Because it's the Word of God. Hallelujah. And a wonderful benefit is I get to prosper. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because in doing this, in honoring these men and these women, I am honoring God. Do you understand that? Now we said this is not all there is to it. We have natural elders. And that's that's what I've described to you, natural elders. We also have what? Spiritual elders. Go with me to 1 Timothy. 
and the fifth chapter. First Timothy. You get a hold of this, your life will change. First Timothy, the fifth chapter. He said, verse 1, Rebuke not an elder, but treat him as a father. Entreat him. How many saying that wouldn't be honoring somebody to correct an elder? Treat them like a father. Treat the younger men like brothers. Treat the elder women like mothers and the younger as sisters with all purity. Honor widows that are widows indeed. Well, how would you do that? Hmm? He goes on the rest of the several verses talking about supporting them materially and financially. If a widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety or kindness at home and to requite their parents or pay them back. For that is good and acceptable before God. See, this is, this is not just limited to your mother and father. He talks about aunts and uncles. Doesn't he? They're your family. Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she that lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. Now he's not talking about somebody you supporting somebody that is living for the devil. That's right. Amen. Using that money to drink on Hmm? And these things give in charge that they be, may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he's denied the faith. And is worse than an infidel. Now we've taken that and applied it to like men or women supporting their family. But he didn't just say that. Did he? He's talking about widows. He's talking about aunts. He's talking about uncles. He's talking about elders. And he goes on to talk about, you know, those that would qualify. And in verse uh, 16, if any man or woman has, that believes has widows, let them relieve them. Let not the church be charged that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. Then, you know, people that don't have any family to help them and take care of them, or their families lost and messed up and don't care, well, then the church can help there too. Verse 17, let the elders that rule well... Be counted worthy of double what? Honor. Honor. Especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle the ox that treads out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Now, the Living Bible talks about this as well. It says, Pastors and ministers who do their work well should be paid well. And should be highly appreciated, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, never tie up the mouth of an ox when it's treading out the grain. Let him eat as he goes along. And in another place it says, those who work deserve their pay. This thing has been misrepresented. It's been abused. It's been so messed up until people have come to despise things. But if you honor God, a, part, a big part of it is taking care of his ministers. Amen. I'm telling you now. Honoring God means honoring his representatives. And blessing them and taking good care of them. I, I know I'm a minister. And it can sound self-serving. But it's the word of God. And I'm getting revelation of it myself. About two years ago. I was up north somewhere preaching in a meeting and just laying across the bed, getting quiet, saying what I should do that evening. 
not thinking about this at all. And the Lord spoke to me and brought to my thinking a, a minister, a pastor, who was, I don't know, probably a thousand miles away and a smallish church. And he said this to me. He said, I am not pleased with this man's vehicle. I mean, I wasn't thinking about this at all. I had not a clue what he had. He said, I'm not pleased with this man's vehicle. It is inadequate for him. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I wasn't thinking about this at all. I was thinking about something else. And he said, as soon as you get home, so the next day, and I've been gone for two weeks. Get in your little plane, which I had the little little plane at that time, and fly straight over there. He'll want you to speak in the morning. He's been after you for some time. And you do it. And in the course of, I want you to speak on valuing the gifts. He said, I said, when I ascended up on high, I gave gifts to men. Tell them, if they want to keep that gift, to treat it right. Tell them, if they want to get the most out of that gift, to value it. How many understand, if you've got a valuable brooch or, or a ring or, or watch, you don't just throw it upon the kitchen sink. You treat it a certain way. You, you keep it a certain way. You handle it a certain way. And you reveal how you esteem something by the way you treat it. He said, you tell them. That if they want to keep this gift, and they want to receive the most out of it, and if they want to have the best gifts come to their church and minister, that they must value them and esteem them and treat them well. And he said, you tell them that I said that his vehicle is inadequate, and I want this situation fixed. And if they don't do it, you do it. I understand what he's talking about. He's talking about a new car. And a, and a nice one. Isn't he? So I got it. So I did. I, I flew down there. I got up. I went to Ephesians. We talked about the ministry gifts. And then I told him what the Lord said. It was quiet in there. And I said, the Lord said... His car is not adequate. Well, I didn't know, but I, 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 as soon as I got home, I picked up the phone and called somebody in that area. And I said, what kind of car does he have? And they told me, and it was not adequate. It was a little old, bitty small car and wore out. But, I, you know, the Lord did this. Does he care about this kind of thing? Is it important to him? So I told him, I said, the Lord says, he wants this changed, he wants this fixed, and if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. But I'll get all the blessing. Amen. I mean, when I said that, they jumped on it. I mean, they fixed it, buddy. I gave $1,000 on it, but I mean, they bought him a brand new, tricked out Suburban. Brand spanking new. Hallelujah. They fixed it. And uh, the Lord said, now you tell them this. 
You tell them, because they've put him in a new car, I'm going to fill this church parking lot up with new cars. You tell them. Because they value him and they've learned, they're learning to value ministry gifts. I'm going to send them the cream of the crop to this. And I'm telling you, this place is out in Podunkville. You know what I mean? I mean, who do, and he has sent big name ministries out to them. And they tell me all the time about who came. And I'm thinking, wow, really? They came out there? And the Lord said he would do it. And he's done it. And the last time I came by there, I said, is any new cars out here? Everybody throw their hand up. I mean, it was hands all over the place. New cars sitting out in the parking lot. Hallelujah. This is not just something that God decided to do. This is something he said all along in his word. This is his principle. In Hosea 4, don't turn there, but Hosea 4, 8 and 9, it says, like people, like priests. The living Bible says, like the priests are like the people. If the priests are wicked, the people will be wicked. If the priests are blessed, the people will be blessed. The people are like they are because the priests are like they are. And it is no wonder that the devil has fought so hard and tries to raise so much ruckus about preachers having anything or pastors having anything because he knows that's the key to crippling the finances of the whole church. Now, people have abused this. They've tried to use it to line their pockets. Folk have done all kind of stuff. But I'm telling you the Word of God. Yes. I'm, you've seen it. You've read the Scriptures. You hear it. You know it. This is not man's idea. Even though people have abused it and messed it up, this is God's idea. And if people really saw the light and the congregations and the people saw, they would begin to get on it. I get them into some better clothes. I'm going to come into some better clothes. Hallelujah. Like the ministers, like the people. That's the way it goes. Do you believe it? It's the Word of God. I said it's the Word of God. Hallelujah. Finally, third thing. How to honor God. And, the, and the, I'm not saying this is the whole subject. The, this is the, some of the three of the primary major things that I believe should be in your thinking all the time. Honor God. Honor His works. Take care of His church. Take care of His missions, His outreaches, His ministries. Honor Him. Take care of your elders, both naturally and spiritually. How many are stirred up the, tonight? How many have made up your mind, you're going to do something for mom, you're going to do something for dad, you're going to do something for the person that led you to the Lord, you're going to do something for people that were there for you years ago, you're going to do something for your pastors, you're going to do it. Huh? I said, well, I don't have it. It's got nothing to do with that. Believe God. We didn't have it either when we started. All we had was a dream, a vision, that we're going to do it. And we've done it. And are are going to do a lot more. Amen. You believe your way to it. You give your way to it. Finally and thirdly, we honor the Lord by giving to the poor. I'm not telling you my ideas on these things. I'm giving you the Bible. By giving to the poor. Listen to Proverbs 14.31. Proverbs 14.31 says, He that oppresses the poor reproaches his maker. But he that honors him, honors God, has mercy on the poor. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-seven says, He that gives to the poor shall not lack. 
But he that hides his eyes will have many a curse. God takes it personally like you gave to him when you give to the church and to the mission and to the ministry. God takes it personally like you gave to him when you give to your elders spiritually and naturally. And God takes it personally when you give to the poor. He takes it as though you gave it straight to him. And he treats it as though you honored him directly, which you do. This is the kind of giving that you don't do outwardly and openly. This is the kind of giving that you do privately. This is what Jesus was talking about when he said, When you do your alms, don't let your one hand know what your other hand does. Right? Privately. Why? Because he doesn't want people embarrassed. You're you're supposed to be honoring them, not embarrassing them, right? So you don't get up and say, "Hey, you know, the Lord just dealt with me, brother so-and-so back there, you know. uh, They're about to put you in the street, ain't that right? (laughs) And God's dealt with me to do something. Well, you're you're messing up big time. You're blowing it. This is the kind of thing where you slip around and stick some money in somebody's pocket. Hmm? You, you, You leave it somewhere where they'll find it and nobody knows where it came from. Or you do it very discreetly. Or even if they do know it came from you, nobody else has to know about it. Right? You do it discreetly. And you don't have to go out and look on the street to find somebody poor. So many times it can be somebody sitting in front of you or beside you or behind you. And they haven't got enough to, to make their electric bill or the rent or something. They're standing and believing God. Be sensitive. Amen? And when God prompts you, move. And don't wait till you see somebody that looks like they're broke. Because people that walk in faith are not going to be singing sad songs. They're going to dress up. They're going to look good as they know how to look. They're going to be smiling. Amen. And if you're led, oh, it's such a wonderful thing to be used of God. When somebody's in need or somebody's hurting and God can use you to fix it, to straighten it out, to to alleviate the, the problem. Stand up on your feet and say it out loud. I will honor the Lord. I will honor the Lord. With my substance, with my increase, with all my stuff, I will honor Him. I'll put His things first. I will take care of the church. I'll take care of ministries, missions, the works of the Lord. I will honor my elders, my mother and father, naturally. And spiritually, I will honor the gifts the Lord has given us. And I will take care and minister to the poor as the Lord blesses me and enables me. And as I honor Him, He will honor me. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.